Okay. So we spoke about Karbanas last time. We spoke about uh, the, the stage in davening that Karbanas is. And that it's uh, our, our saying the words of the Karbanas are in place that actually bring the Karban, which we can achieve the same result. Why is it now? So the first point why it's Ha'achana for Tvila. As we said, it's the first step in the process, just like if you're coming, so to speak, level by level through the Beis Amigdash towards the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So similarly over here, we're, the first step in Tvila towards the Shemnesu, which is like the Kodesh HaKadoshim, is connected to the Azara, is connected to the place where they brought the Karbanas. And we spoke about the different worlds of Ruchnius that a person has to has to cross, has to find, make his way through. So we spoke the first one being Asiya, the world of, of, of things of physical world, which is, again, we take Rabbanus, it's from animals in this world, and that's what we're being makri, that's what we're sacrificing. So that's the first point for Rabbanus. There's a second point for saying Rabbanus too, and that is that there's a there's a pasuk which says, just like we see by a carbon, it says, Zevach Rashaim Ta'eva, that if Hashem doesn't want the carbon of a Russia. If a person is a Russian, he wants to bring a carbon kilo to appease Hashem or to kilo make believe he's doing a good thing. Hashem doesn't want that kind of a carbon. If he's still a Russian, which is why, when a person brought a carbon, so there's a certain element of has to be misvade. Has to be has to do vidui before bringing the carbon, because when he does vidui, that takes him out of the category of a Russian. And if he's not going to do vidui, he's not going to bring his carbon. We don't want the carbon of a Russian. So, same thing we find by Tfilah. Tfilah's for Shem is also a table. If a person professes himself, I'm not going to listen to Hashem, I'm not going to obey Him, and then they come in Davin, so then what, you, you expect Hashem to listen to you when you've decided you're not going to listen to Him? It's also, Hashem doesn't accept the Tfilah for Shem either. And therefore, a stage in Tfilah is a similar stage, which means the idea of bringing Karbanas is just like the Karban was meant to be Sandwiches and the on a person. So we made it the, what we meant to work on by the stage of Karbanas is if we have anything as a kapara, we want to get a kapara before we come and ask for it, we want to davening. Because as long as we're in the category of being a Russia, Hashem doesn't want to accept that virus. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean that Hashem doesn't accept the tefillah of a Russia? Because we, we know that there's a Gemara which says, Gemara says that. Even if a person is in the middle of a of carrying out a burglary, even if he's a person is is a guy of his own machteris, and machteris is he's digging a tunnel under someone's house to steal, and he asks Hashem for atzlacha, Hashem listens to him. So how can it be? The the A person is in the middle of doing an avera, and he asks Hashem to help him. Hashem listens to him. So then, when do we say that the zevach of a rosh, the tefillah of a rosh is a tayv? And the answer is it's not a stira. It's not a stira. It could be that if a person davens to Hashem, for whatever reason, Hashem listens to him, but is that, is that a tefillah which Hashem wants? For sure not. If a person is doing something wrong, and he, a person at the same time is saying, Hashem, please help me succeed in that very I'm doing, of course that's a tefillah. Hashem doesn't want a tefillah like that. So whether he gets answered or doesn't get answered is a different issue. But is it a tefillah which is accepted? It's not a tefillah which Hashem wants. And uh, we made it. If you want to make a tefillah something which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to accept, so we should be in the category of Russia. Now, it sounds, obviously, if you present it like that, if you present it like that, it sounds very black and white. And that is, if a person's in the middle of doing the Nevera, and he asks Hashem, help me do the Nevera, 
So of course, it's like, why, why are you asking help to do the wrong thing? Why are you asking Hashem to help you disobey? So of course, it sounds very simple if you put it like that. But like the Chavetz Chaim points, points out, that a lot of times when people do this, without it being so obviously blatant to them that that's what they're doing. And for example, the Chavetz Chaim gives an example of a person who, um, on the one hand, he wants to go into business, he wants to run a store or, or do some other job on the side, but still wants to have time left for learning, for Torah, for Chesed, whatever it's going to be. And he asks Hashem, Fatzlach in his store, or his business should become more successful. Even though he knows that, that that's going to entail, he's going to have to be more involved in it. And if that's the case, Davening that should have more success in our business, he's already Davening to have less time to spend on learning or on Chesed, whatever else I was doing before that. So why isn't it the same thing? Why isn't it to some extent also a, a tefillah which is coming to, uh, so to speak, help a person do less? A tefillah which, if, if the tefillah will get answered, it will encourage a person to do more, to do less good what he's doing now, or to do more things wrong, which he's not doing now. In other words, even if it's not directly help me do an avera, but help me to do something which is going to bring me to make a mistake, I will fall in the same category. Either way around, the, that's not a, it doesn't mean the tefillah doesn't get responded to. Hashem, this is the tefillah. But is that a tefillah which is Hashem wants? No, it's not a tefillah which is there's nachas ruach from. Like, you know, Hashem wants such a tefillah. So how can you daven? Can you daven for anything like he is not thinking? You never know. Maybe you know, when you daven for something, you're not looking. Maybe it's our cheshbon, your... So, the cheshbon, your... It's true. If I'm diving for physical things, it's with that dhamma that I'm hoping this is going to help me, my Vedas Hashem, not detract from it. I think it will help me, my Vedas Hashem, that I don't have to worry about paying back debts the whole time. I have a certain nukhs in the official, I don't have to worry about my creditors, whatever it is. So I'm diving for the Sosyad this way because it's going to help my ruchnis. And so anything else physical. But to dive for something which, by definition, is going to take away from my ruchnis, um, is not, not a good thing. For example, a person wants to buy a vacation home in uh, somewhere in the Hawaii where there's no minion, there's only mixed features, whatever it's going to be. So why would getting that help is ruchnis? It's only going to cause it's only going to cause him to go down a step in ruchnis. And therefore, it's the same thing. It's a tefillah for something which isn't a good thing, as far as uh, what's the right thing, what's what's good for his concerned. But that's one point. The second point the Chavetz Chaim says, besides for not diving for things which are going to be detrimental to ruchnis. It depends where the person's holding. And that is, the ma- not just on the, the future, but what is done in the past. And therefore, if a person, just like in the best of Mikdash, to bring a carbon, the person, the person has it to be misvadeh, or what is done in the past, and then that makes this carbon something which is more acceptable to Hashem. Same thing by us. Before we daven, there should be a certain hearer of, I want to misvadeh if I've done something wrong. And therefore, I'm not coming to Hashem, ke'ilu without, having had done a various, without any charata for that. And therefore the second point of Korbanus is to think, and it's brought in the Baiskim, that if uh, the, the, just like bringing a carbon was a way to get Kapara. So I'm saying the Korbanus, I'm going through the Korbanus before davening as a means, if I need the Kapara before I daven, I get the Kapara. So that's the, that's the, the second reason for Korbanus. And the Baiskim, the Taz, the Magnavram, the Mishabur, the Chayodam, they got Leva Rikos. Which, which times the person have to think like that? In other words, if, when does a person fulfill the requirements that he, he done, he's done something wrong that obligates him in a carbon? And if that's the case, then you should think, I'm, I want to say the parish of this carbon before I start davening because I want it to be considered for me as if I brought the carbon. 
Whereas if a person hasn't fulfilled all the requirements necessary to bring a carbon, so he shouldn't say it because then he's not he's not yet high of a carbon. So for example, this is the, the the case that they talk about. A person is not sure if he did something wrong or not. He's a suffix. Was he Michael Shabbos? Wasn't he Michael Shabbos? He's not sure. Maybe he did something right. He doesn't know exactly what happened. As a result, so then the person says he can't say a carbon chatos because he can only bring a carbon chatos if he's not for sure he did something wrong. If he's not sure, then maybe he's not carbon. Maybe it's a different carbon. Maybe it's a carbon ashen tali. And uh, if you're going to say that saying the carbonus today is in order to affect the similar kapara to what the carbonus will bring, so it has the same requirements. So that's what they said. One of the answers is said out now. The Magnavram is said out now. The other person will argue with him and say, You can't bring carbonus out now, so you can't say out now either. It's a, it's a discussion. But it's the, looked at it seriously as if you would be high of a carbon. That's the second point of saying carbonus. Now, the next, the next step in davening. This is an interesting one to talk about. We say Anna Bukayach. Anna Bukayach, we know, is a tefillah based on Kabbalah. Let's explain a little bit what Anna is and when we say it. And that is, that's just to give a little bit of a background. When we talk about the name of Hashem, so we know that Hashem has lots of different titles, depending on how we perceive the level we see HaKadosh Baruch acting, we give him different names. So you have a name for the middle of Rachel, you have a name for the middle of Din, the name for the middle of Chesed. Whatever name it's going to be, how we see Hashem acting is how we refer to him. But there's some names which which relate to a certain level, as opposed to a certain action, a certain level. So, for example, the Gemara talks sometimes about the seventy-two letter name of Hashem, and the Gemara talks about sometimes the forty-two letter name of Hashem. What, are the, what, what does that name mean? This is not just a random compilation of letters. It's referring to a certain level. And uh, therefore, we, if, you, if you're referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at that level, so this is the way we relate to it. Now, here, do I pick a One of Hashem's names is called Hashem Ben Ben Beis. Hashem of 42 letters, which is what the Kongodal used to say when he used to say Hashem's name. The letters of the name of Hashem Ben Beis are the letters of the Rosh Hashem. Which is why you see on the side of always the Rosh they have the letters by themselves. The first combination of letters, Aleph, Beis, Gimel, and so on. Um, and now those, those letters make up the folly to the name of Hashem. The word, Anavakayach, is just the Rukhana bin Akana put words to, which make sense, there's a sequence of a tefillah to the name of Hashem, which is the Rosh Hashem of those words. But what does it mean, that name? So this is an important point to understand. And that is, we spoke about the different levels of Rukhness. We spoke about there's what we call the Olam HaTzirah, which is this world, the physical world. There's a world above that, which we call the Olam HaTzirah. There's a world above that, called the Olam HaBriah. There's a world above that, called the Olam HaTzilis. There's different levels of Ruchnis. And there's a way to transfer, so to speak, from one level to another level. From one level where we are on to the next level. The, that's what we're doing now. When we get to the end of Karbanus, now we've finished... Aravoda on the level of the Olam and now you want to move up to the next level, Olam which is going to be, we're going to talk about that's the level which we're referring to in, when we dive in Sukkot Whenever there's a Musag of transferring from one level of Ruchnis to another level of Ruchnis, so the, the, the Gili, so to speak, the Hashem's name, which represents the change from one level to another level, is the Shem, we call the Shem Membes. This, this name of Hashem. Which so whenever we transfer from that level to a different level, that's when we say this to it, because that represents 
the the koyach to transfer us to different heaven. Now, other time it's brought in the Kabbalah, is that is after Kabbalah Shabbos. Then before or after before Shabbos, we say Anu Kaya Chosa. Why? Because there also the idea is Mitzvah Shalim Hashabbos and Mitzvah Shabbos. So now there's a transfer from the level of Chol, which is connected to the lower le- spiritual level, to Shabbos, which is the highest spiritual level. So there's also that same way of making a transfer from one level to another level. And that's also why it's Anu Kaya It has that same Kaya to transfer from one place to another place. Okay, so that's, uh, that's why it's not officially brought in the, the Shulchan Aruch as part of Shachis. It comes from the Kabbalah. But the reason to say it is because it's to signify you're moving to a different level. You're going to a different, so to speak, plane of Ruchnis. When? Tefillah? You're going up from Asiyah to uh, from Asiyah to Yitzhira. Oh, so I'm going to say there also. So let me say Kaddish. Let's explain. That's another level. But it's a. Uh, but but that, that's the Muslim of the Twitter, which is why we say it. Which is why we say it at uh, that stage. Now, like I said, another time it's said it's for a similar reason also. It, it's, the, 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 the concept trans is uh, of, of of the shame main base was the same idea of going up of, of elevating ourselves to a higher level of. of now let's talk about the second level of Tefillah and that's Pukhar Zimra and they already asked the question why is it called Pukhar Zimra the two names in the Torah are always for song the one is Shira and the one is Zimra and what's the difference between them the right means the same So the Nafkmina is that Zimra has another word, a connotation in the Torah as well. To be Zaymer is to prune something. We learn in Hashabas that one of the Malachas which are connected to uh, planting is Zimra, which means cutting down trees. If I want to prune the tree, I want to cut off the extra branches. That's called Zimra. And if that's the case, when we're talking about look at the Zimra, the word Zimra as, as a song is different to the word Shira as a song. In other words, <coughs> the term Shira as a song is something which is only the, 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 the positive connotation. Uh, the word Zimra as a song has a second side to it. It's, it's that kind of detachment from, uh, from something else. It's cutting, it's cutting off something. It's separating something. The... And therefore, we have to understand that we'll be saying Pesukah Zimra. On the one hand, it's 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 song. It's, uh, it's the songs of David and or the songs of Yamsuf, whatever it is. On the other hand, there's the element of Zimra, which means that something which also detaches us from a different level. And the reason for that is, this is the overview to Pesukah Zimra as in general. And that is when we move from the physical world to a Ruchni world. That so the first thing we know is that there's two different sides to that world. It's the positive side, is the world of Kedusha, is the world of Tumah. And if a person is looking for Ruchnis, for spirituality, so they can find it in two directions. They can find it in Kedusha, they can find it in Tumah. If you get to the top level, the level of Hashem Himself, we can talk about, then there's no Tumah, there's only Kedusha. But the first step that a person makes into a more spiritual level, so then they confront a, a, a world which is conflicted. There's a, there is a level of Tumah, which we spoke about once, from a different value, we call the Merkava of Tumah, the level of Kedusha. 
And therefore, when a person wants to be more Ruchniyistic, that's when they confront these two different forces, which are both spiritual forces. This is where today most people don't want to be more Ruchni or have no idea how to be more Ruchni. And therefore, the idea of connecting to the world of bad, the world of Ra, Ruchniyist doesn't apply to most people. They don't look for it, they, don't, they stay in the physical world, and that's where they remain. It was people in the olden days who wanted to connect to the spiritual world. The idea of a negative spiritual world was much more of a factor. Because once a person is already going beyond the physical and they're looking for a world of spirituality, so then there's two options in spirituality. And that's why you find there was much more uh, Kishof and much more Avedazara and much more Darushalamesim and much more all the various forms of negative spirituality. Because once a person is already going into the, the world of spiritual, so then there are two sides to that. It's not always a step, so to speak, in the right direction for a person to look for more spirituality. If it's going to be negative spirituality, it's going to be something which is tome, coming from the which there is a negative spiritual kayak. So then it's going to it's going to be a something which is going to to a person. It's going to drag a person down. The person who is looking for spirituality in life gets caught up in avodazara, gets caught up in uh, satanism, or any one of these other negative spiritual things. He's not getting further. He's going backwards. He's getting more bad. But it, it came from a quest to connect to something more spiritual. Just uh, there's a negative spirituality, and therefore when we're talking about going to the world of Yitzira, which means the first level we can experience the world of connection to spirituality. We have to know there's two sides to that world. There's a side of good and the side of bad, and the the tefillah of of which is connected to that world is a, is a psukim of zimra. On the one hand, there's praise. On the other hand, there's detachment. It cuts away, from, it separates us from the side of the ra in that in, in that spiritual place because without that. So then you're going to get influenced by the the negative of the spiritual, and that's that's the, for sure not something we want to do. That's for sure something which is is also to do, and for sure is bad, for, harmful for us. So that's the that's the outline to what the journey of Sukkotism is meant to be. We've mentioned this before. We say it again, and that is in the time when there was prophecy in the world, when there wasn't a word in the world, and people could have a revelation of Hashem or hear Hashem speak to them. So there were a lot, a lot of people who wanted to do that. Of course, a person can talk to Hashem. A person can hear Hashem talk to him. Of course. But that's who wanted to do that. But this was always the risk. And that is that a person who's going into a spiritual dimension, he has to be careful. It doesn't mean that the spiritual dimension is only Kedusha. There's a negative spiritual dimension also. And if a person is going to meet that, then it's going to, it's going to influence him wrongly. We always say that there were Neviyei Shekhar. Via Shekhar, they were the prophets, the prophets of Shekhar. And it wasn't that these people never, ever, ever had prophecy. They were just people who made it up like, as if they presented themselves as prophets, which never happened. I always quote my Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe, be always to say that if a person would just provide himself as being a prophet, he never, nothing ever happened. He's not a Navi Shekhar, he's a Shakran, he's a liar. A Navi Shekhar means he had Nevoah of Shekhar. How does a person get Nevoah of Shekhar? And the answer is, he tried to become more spiritual. He tried to go into that world of spirituality, but he connected to the negative spirituality. And if that's the case, he got his nevur from Shekhar. He got told something from Shekhar, and we have it today. People who, and when the Torah says, Darush Alamesim, they want to speak to dead people. They have it today. It's an Osir. It's an Osir with the Raisa, but they call Siyansin. To bring up, a, a, so to speak, the Nefesh of somebody who's died and talk to him, they do it today also. And they can talk to people. It's awesome in the right, so don't do it. But people do do it, and they get told things. 
That's what we call a Novi Sheker. You're getting told something from Sheker. But that's the danger of a person coming to you. Why is it Sheker? Why is it not just Tabe Because it doesn't have to be completely true. What? Once it's coming from a side of Sheker, there's no guarantee that everything is Emes. And when why a person is going to vote from Hashem. Why would they lie? Why would that person lie? We're not talking about a tzaddik. We're not talking about a tzaddik. If you want to attach someone to the Kaykh Satoma, you're attaching to a person who's stuck in the Kaykh Satoma. In a seance, they never bring up a big tzaddik. In a seance, they just bring up a show. That's different. At first, it wasn't a Darish Lamesh, it was a Baris If you already get into the field of spiritual powers, it was a different one. And uh, it was, that was a different Kaykh. And that was a unique. But uh, what we call Darish Lamesh, they bring up a show. And therefore, there's no reason why the person will tell you the truth. But uh, whatever it is, it's, it's, we call it, uh, that's all in the world of Shekhar. I'm, I'm not giving a shia on, on, on negative spirituality. The point of it was just to explain that when a person is going into a dimension where there's more ruchnius, so it's not necessarily more ruchnius means more good. There's a negative, there's a bad ruchnius too. In other words, there's a bad kayak in spirituality, and the person has to avoid that. This is part of what the Gemara means. When the Gemara talks about the Tanaim who went into the paradise, and the Gemara says out of the four Tanaim went into the paradise, one went off the derech, one died, one lost his mind, and only Rabbi Akiva came back to Shalom. Where were they going? What was those high dangers on that they ended up in? It was the world of Ruchnis. Because not what world there was a paradise, it was the world of Ruchnis, but there's a danger. Going into the world of Ruchnis means there's a negative Ruchnis. And if that's going to affect the person, then it can affect him badly. So that, that's why when we, when we're going to work to a high level of ruchnius, we have to understand that as again we will not be coming the vim when we say like a zimra. But if that's it's corresponding to that level, so then it has to be a zimra, which means a detachment, which means we cannot into the tzad of toiv here and not the tzad right here. Let's look at something interesting. I'm not going to be marvelous too much, but just an idea. We had an parsha. The brother is going down to Yosef the second time. And the brothers are going to go with Binyamin, and Yerach was very scared. He said, Binyamin, what's going to happen to him? So he says, let's give a gift to the king of the king of your meeting. Let's give maybe a gift will make him feel good towards you, despising favorably towards you. So what does Yaakov seem to bring? Uh, some almonds and some nuts and uh, things like that, honey. What does he call it? He says, Kumi Zimra Sa'aret. So when is fruit called the Zimra Sa'aret? Zimra Sa'aret means the song of the land. You can say Tuas Aret, you can call it Yavul Aret, Paris Aret, etc. What's the idea of Zimris Aret? We don't talk about fruit, which is produced by countries being the song of the country. So what does he mean? So simply means what you cut down. He said Zimra can mean to cut something down. So whatever you harvested from the ground, what you were Zimra, what you cut down from the ground, take that as the mincha, as the gift. But even, and, okay, so that's what they had. It was a famine, nothing fresh was growing. They had nuts, because nuts keep, and they had honey, because honey keeps. That's what they still had, that's what you should take. The harvest, the whatever produce they have, which they could still keep from beforehand, that's a pshat in the closet. He didn't send down fresh fruit, they didn't have that. He sent down nuts, he sent down honey. Uh, and nechois is a spice, okay? These things would be preserved, these things they could have from before still. So that's what he sent. But once again, the, the, it's still an unusual word in the context called zimra sarets. And the word, to call it the zimra sarets. The priorities. Right, but Yaakov was alluding to was something else also. 
And that is, and now, now, now is not the time to explain exactly why those are the things he sent. But he was, it was, it was, was worried on a spiritual level of a danger to be young when he sent down to Mitzrayim. You know, the sudden of the on the derech, whatever it is, that Yaakov was worried spiritually that the king of Mitzrayim would do something to Benjamin, and therefore the gift of Zimr Saras was something which was meant to detach him from those spiritual things, the negative spiritual force. Again, to explain why Dafka these things were used, that's a different discussion, but it's the same idea. When you look at the Zimra, the idea is not just to praise Hashem, that's for sure part of it, we can talk about, but the second part of the look at the Zimra is that that way we, don't, we want to detach ourselves from, an, if you want to get to a higher connected, representing a higher spiritual level, that's not something we're going to be influenced or affected by the negative. Now, that sounds very, everything we said sounds very esoteric, maybe very much on a high level. That's on a simple level. On a simple level. We're talking about tefillah, and a person's going through different stages of tefillah. So it's true that it, maybe it's only in a person's mind that his feeling is on a different level. But what's the negative? It's very simple. It's very simple, and most people have experienced this. And when a person davens, so all kinds of other thoughts come into his head. So if I'm experiencing a level of, or meant to be experiencing a level of more richness in my mind, that's what I'm thinking about during davening, Tafka, when I start davening, that's when I start thinking about all the kinds of things I shouldn't be thinking about, all the distracting thoughts which disturb me. It's not a pele, it's a negative side of the ruchnis. If you're going to, you work on a ruchni feeling, even if it's just a ruchni thought, so then you're going to confront the negative, ruchni, the negative thoughts too. Just like if a person wanted to get to a spiritual level, there's a negative level. If a person wants to get to a spiritual level of thinking, there's a negative level of thinking. If a person never thinks, he's not going to be affected by negative spiritual thoughts. He's not on the level of thinking. But if a person is, is, is holding by trying to access things with his thoughts, so then he's going to get confronted with the negative thoughts. And now we're going to speak about it. Therefore, part of the preparation for Shmuel Esra, and that's the stem of Sukkot Zimra, is to work on detaching a person from that. And that way, that, what, how that negative level applies to him, which means the negative thoughts which others would come to a person's mind while he's trying to focus on davening, it's meant, to, it's meant to compensate for that. It's meant to overcome that. That's the Zimra. That's what it's detaching a person from as a pre- preparation step before Tefillah. That's the overview. We'll talk about how to do it in the Mason. How to use Tukkah Zimra as a way to detach a person from the thoughts which would otherwise affect him negatively during the evening.